everybody, this is MG, and I'm Elizabeth Pudwell, and we are Sober Sisters Talk. Welcome. Welcome. So Sober Sisters Talk is a podcast that MG and I do every week. We try to do it every week, and we try to bring to you our experiences working several programs and just share with you what we have come across in our lives. And I like to say, I don't know how to keep anybody else sober, but I know what works for me. And that's what we want to encourage people to do in this podcast is to figure out what works for them. And that's where MG and I are a little bit different because I like to tell people what to do and think that I can keep them sober. (laughs) (laughs) But we just invite you to listen. It's fun and it's also really educational. We cry, we laugh, we do a little bit of everything. We have guests, we work the steps. It's great. So stay tuned to the next podcast coming right up. Hey everybody, it's MG and Elizabeth Pudwell and we are Sober Sisters Talk. And we're in the middle of the coronavirus hell. Crazy. Crazy. Craziness. Nothing has ever happened to us. We don't have any comparison, you know, and it is worldwide. We were just talking before we started recording about the breadth of this and it's everywhere except for Taiwan. Um... And um, we were talking about what government officials are doing and, you know, different people and industries that are struggling right now. And, um, you know, we got down, we boiled down to this one tiny little word, fear. Yeah. And um, that even in the midst of this fear, you know, I don't know about anywhere else in the country, but there's no face-to-face meetings anywhere. We've got to... um, Pretty much shelter in place. Stay home, yeah. yeah. I mean, they haven't made that be for Harris County here in Houston, but they're encouraging people to they're stay They're asking home. everybody to stay home and to not go out unless you need essentials. And um, the, most of the churches are closed. They're not opening up for um, mass or mm-hmm. services on Sundays or anything on Saturdays. And so... Um, There's online meetings. There's a lot of churches that are doing online meetings. And I got a call from my AA group today, and they're canceling their meeting. And they're all a bunch of old people. And they were like, and I was like, I can offer to do a Zoom meeting for you guys. And they're like, oh, well, we'll talk, think about it, and, you know, get back to you. We don't know what's going to happen. You <laughs> all know? the contemporaries are like, yeah, let's do a Zoom meeting. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. works perfectly. Yeah. But they're like, man, maybe not. So, and I have noticed, like with me, I have to be really careful. Like, my head can go, it can go, you know. I can get into that fear cycle. In fact, on Monday, I left work, and I'm still going to the office every day. And um, I went home, and I got into bed. And I was like, do I have this thing? Am I sick? You know, do I have a fever? I don't have a fever. I feel like I can't breathe. And I laid down for a couple hours, and then I got, I sat up, and I was like, I'm fine. This is my head. Or it could be allergies. Allergies were horrible this week. It was know? my head. It I was know head. it. Sure. I, it was, and it's, I, I mean, I won't say, like, it's silly or anything like that, because I think, like, absorbing the, the depth of this and how far it's going to go, it was overwhelming. Sure. And scary. Do you get the law of attraction daily thing on your phone? No, I don't. So I've signed up for it. You can get a law of attraction daily email. And and I'll, I'm going to read it. 
because I think it's so important for our listeners. Because when I read it, I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what's going on. So let me just Well, that's it. what creates the hoarding of the toilet paper and the and the water and the hand sanitizer. Why people are, you know, so afraid and they got to go and buy all that they see rather than like, you know, just what they need. Well, I mean, that's that's about fear, but what right. the law of attraction that, is is talking about is that whether or not it's really happening or we think it's really happening, it doesn't matter to it's your It's in our mind. head. Yeah, it doesn't. So, and that's why it's so dangerous to get caught up in that fear cyclone, the one that you know just whirls down, you know, and takes it, it takes me down. And I have to be really, really cognizant and really careful about keeping my head in a special, in a, in a specific place where I go, enough, I, I don't need to go further and get into this. Yes, let me read what it says. Yeah, please. The universe does not know if the vibration you are offering is because of what you are imagining or because of what you are observing. In either case, it is responding. Where emotion comes in is that emotion is your guidance or your response to your vibration. Your emotion does not create. Emotion is your indicator of what you are already creating. As you think, you vibrate. And it is your vibrational offering that equals your point of attraction. So it's always a match. What you are thinking, yep. what is coming back to you is always a vibrational match. The emotion, quote, your guidance system, end quote, is telling you what's coming. And I was just like amazed when I was like, amen, that's right. So let me ask you this. Have you thought about your qualifier? No, I haven't. Good. I thought briefly about like my next to last qualifier. I'll call him, we'll call him Mr. T. And I thought, oh my God, he would be freaking out around this. And then I was immediately grateful because if I was still involved with this person, I would have to be managing his anxiety and not even allowing myself to have my own anxiety or work through it. And it was such a gift because I realized that one of the downsides of sex and love addiction is that I robbed myself of my relationship with myself. Yeah, because you codependent the other person. Yes, it's all about them and what they're going through and what they need. Trying to keep him. Oh, well, I don't want to make him mad or I don't want to make him blah, blah, blah. He's worried about toilet paper. I've got to go find toilet paper. (laughs) Fuck. For him. For him. Not for me. So I was like, you know, I thought about this this person and I was just like immediately grateful that, that you know, that this person is not in my life. I'm not in that disease. And so what I want to offer to our listeners out there is that be very careful about what you're thinking about during this, this time. So let's talk about what you were going to read out of the big book and then um, offer some of the anecdotes to that. Yeah. So this is from How It Works in the um, big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And it's regarding like doing a four-step work. And it talks about fear. Sometimes we think fear ought to be classed with stealing. It seems to cause more trouble. We reviewed our fears thoroughly. We put them on paper even though we had no resentment in connection with them. We asked ourselves why we had them. Wasn't it because self-reliance failed us? 
Self-reliance was good as far as it went, but it didn't get as far enough. Some of us once had great self-confidence, but it didn't fully solve the fear problem or any other. When it made us cocky, it was worse. And it goes down to what the solution is. And the solution is they have to trust in God. They have to have faith. We ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us be. At once, we commence to outgrow fear. And for me, what that means is that I have to trust in my higher, higher power. Our last episode was on good orderly direction. And it's about trusting that our higher power is going to take care of us, along with our pragmatic, practical self. I had an Al-Anon sponsor that used to say, trust in God, but tie your camel to a tree, which meant have Take care faith, of your stuff. But yes. Take care of your do stuff. Do the things you're supposed to do. And then I also want to talk about rational fear versus irrational fear. Because, you know, rational fear is something that is a self-preservation thing. It's, you know, all we have it in I our, don't want to relapse. I don't want to go back. I don't want to, you know, whatever. Die. Yeah. It's our reptilian brain. Right, right, right. And then there's irrational fear, which is... Oh, my God. The whole world's going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> And that false the evidence, false evidence appearing real, right, right, right. or fuck everything and run, you know? I think so, like for me, and it's so funny because I was talking to a client right before I came here and just reminding her, like, she's already like, oh, we've got to pull the kids out of school. We've got to stop paying for this. We've, It's like, it hasn't even been a week. For heaven's sake. Let's chill. You know, we don't know any of that stuff yet. Let's just relax. Like it's not all clear. They're and like, you know what? We've heard from our scientists and it's not that bad. Proceed with your lives, everyone. Well, or the, you know, what? however, like the, the, the curve's flattened. We're going to open up, you know? Whatever, however it happens. You know, the thing is, is that we know. We know, we know, we know this is not going to last forever. We went to Harvey, you know? The rain was coming down. It felt like it was never going to stop. It stopped. The flooding stopped. You know, it always does. The bubonic plague came and went. Yes, it does. It stops. This is not going to last forever. And we have to stay in today. And we have to stay in the relevance, in the reality. Like, okay, it's really Sunday. Maybe Saturday, Sunday was the beginning of the, you know, the big fear. And, you know, let's just... Let's just chill and wait and write it out. And remember, it's not going to last forever. And what I've done is I've been monitoring my news very prudently. You have to be careful of that intake. Do not feed your brain that stuff, you know. And I told this um, friend at work, I said, listen, I'm going to really not be listening to the news. So if there's something I need to know. Better call me. (laughs) Send me a text. Then you can text me because I'm not watching it either. I'm not. I can't. I was. I went to um, work this morning, and I went into one of the editor's office to put the newspaper in there, and the TV was on with the volume, and I was like this. Yeah. And I had to go, stop. Stop it. I'm not going to, you know. I paged through the front part of the newspaper to make sure I know what's in there. It was compelling to, I wanted to read the stories and I read some of them, but I didn't read it all the way to the end. I have to be careful, MG, about what I'm feeding my brain. And that stuff is, 
it's it's toxic to me right it goes back to that law of attraction it's like it, it, I, and the only analogy I can make is like 9-11. I mean, I yeah. must have seen 400 planes fly into buildings that day. In reality, there were only two. Right. But every plane up there, oh, it's going to hit the building. 400. Yeah. Like, you know, one <laughs> after another. I can remember how traumatized I was around all that. So I think I know I've learned that I, I can't really monitor that. And plus, you know, on my phone, if there was an emergency or whatever, they'd send out a notice to your phone. Okay. So, sorry, everybody. Uh, I had to take a break for a moment. And so, you know, Elizabeth and I, we were talking about, you know, false evidence appearing real. We were talking about how just even if we imagine something that that is just as bad as it really happening. Is it really happening, yeah. And I asked her if she thought about her qualifier. She said no, and I talked about how I did, and it was an opportunity for me to really be grateful. And I think that's where we, we were at, about being grateful. And if you make a gratitude list, just even in your head, like, you know what, I'm really grateful for, and, you know, that I haven't succumbed to... Facebook stalking my qualifier or anything else. Um, I'm really grateful that I get to go to work every day, like that I have a place to go, you know, that I get to get up and, and get dressed. And I posted a, a Facebook post that I'm really grateful for Ginger, my new dog. Yeah. Um, yeah. She has brought me a ton of joy okay. recently. Uh -huh. I'm and, grateful for Wi-Fi. My God, we have electricity. Right. We have Wi-Fi. I mean, if this were a hurricane, we might be out of power for three to three days to two weeks. Well, and after Ike, remember, was it Ike when um, we didn't have power in many places for two or three weeks? Yeah. And, and that's, it was hot. And it was hot. That's rough, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, and there's so much. So, one of the things that... Um, I have a small group that meets on Wednesdays, my LOA group, and we meet via Zoom on Wednesdays. We meet in person, face-to-face um, -face on Saturdays, but on Wednesdays at 8, we meet via Zoom. And so we had our meeting, and, you know, we got right into it. We dealt a little bit with this kind of stuff, like, you know, the fear and getting wrapped up in it, but also, um, you know, I have a curriculum that we followed, and it was about changing your mindset. And... By the time we are done, I was totally centered, aligned. I just, I was in my power and I was just so grateful for those vulnerable women that I have this intimate connection with. And it, that is the solution for me. That is the anecdote to fear always. Um, I know that I have to stay connected to those to those people and, and stay connected to my groups. You know, I have to find a way I'm going to participate in zoom meetings this weekend. You know, those are, that's my solution. That is my lifeline. And, um, you and I are hosting a zoom SLAA meeting tonight. Right. So right after we finish recording this, we're hosting a, a meeting, you know, so that we can, um, provide a place for, people to go and, and get some recovery and stay grounded. Right. That's a great suggestion. And for those of you out there that are feeling a little bit lonely, reach out to your uh, support group, reach out to your family, reach out to people. I'm going to call a teacher that I grew close to in New York and he's older. 
he's a major alcoholic, but I just love this old man and he's wonderful. And I know that he's probably drinking like a fish right now. And so I want to reach out and at least send my love In the morning. Yeah, in the morning, definitely. <laughs> yeah, not at night. Good point. Good point. So it's about staying connected. And for me, Elizabeth, I believe that's how higher power speaks. Higher power speaks to other people in right. life. Absolutely. So when I can get out of my own stinking thinking, and I feel like this is for those of us in recovery, thank God, thank God we have a program of recovery. Can you imagine like the There's a whole people out there? out there that don't, you know? <laughs> There's a lot of people that don't have this. A lot, yeah. And and if you can be of service to someone like what you just suggested, then I would highly recommend to find a way to do it, even if it's just a call. You know, me taking um, my son uh, lunch two times this week, it, was, it feels really good. You know, that's something, it's easy for me to do. Um, you know, I can do that. And, you know, he can stay in his brick and mortar coffee place and serve and do the stuff that he's supposed to be doing. You know, and show up and, and suit up for his business and keep it running. But Elizabeth, you are able to do that for him because you've already taken care of your needs. Yes. So I want to caution people that for me, I have an Alanonic tendency to want to caretake and take care of other people to the exclusion of myself. And Alanon has taught me that I can't take care of, I can't offer myself to be of service until I've taken care of all of my needs. And sometimes I'll get a text from a sponsee or something when I'm in the middle of dinner and I do not respond right away. I finish my dinner. I say, MG, finish your dinner and you can respond afterwards. And, and, and then if I am wanting to rest, you know, rest before I take the call or do whatever I need to do. Because for me, I've gone through like health challenges in the past four months and I feel really strong now in terms of my immune system. But I'm not like one of my, I have a friend that was like, she goes, I've got an immune system of a horse, you know, such a strong, strong immune system. And, and I don't feel that way. Yeah. I don't feel that way. I don't feel that way. I, I feel like my immune system is a tender little blooming flower and I just need to protect it from the rain or it's going to get ravaged. So I'm, I'm like protecting my immune system. So I'm being very aware of uh, not overdoing. And a friend of mine was uh, a friend of mine who lives in Paris was uh, cautioning me at work. I'm one of these workers, and if I finish with my tasks, I'll go look for work. I'll try to find something to organize or figure out how to do something different. And she says, "Stop that! Stop that for right now until you get your robust health back." She said, "You know, nobody's coming to me. If somebody comes to me and brings me a little bit of work, I'm happy to right. jump right on but it." But you don't need to go searching. I don't need to go searching. And so I have felt a little guilt this past few weeks where I've gone out and like you know, I think you might have heard when I found like the garbage pile, the Great Pacific garbage pile, and those gorgeous half-clad men on it. So I'd be cautious. Yes. So, uh, but you know, I've been uh, relaxed around that. You know, I have a um, practice around self-care and I do, you know, and it's so funny that you bring that part up because I was asking my client, I said, did you get up in the morning? Did you meditate? Did you journal? Did you exercise? Did you, well, I've been doing it, but I skipped today. Well, then look, you are in major fear and you are in, you know, because that's what happens for me. 
I have to manage my shit every day. I can't let a day slip. If I do, this that is what happens to me. I, you know, so, and that's why I do mine first thing in the morning because it's like setting the foundation for everything else. Right. I'm got my, I got my mask on. I got up in the morning. I did my stuff. I walked the dog. I exercised. I, you know, I did, I meditated. I do everything I'm supposed to be doing in the morning. And then I can get ready and go to work and show up and serve other people. Well, you're being spiritually fit, you know? That's, yes. And trusting the universe. And I love that part of it because, you know, I didn't get myself where I am. I realized that. It feels like it when I look at, you know, if I like tout all the work that I did. But the thing is, is that I realized that that accident, you know, the accident that I had that got me sober way back April 1st or 2nd, 1999 that was my higher power and it was the last of many jolts you gotta stop you gotta stop and I finally listened and everything after that is like totally you know the universe handing to me exactly what I needed when I needed it I call that the the two by four school of learning (laughs) where I get the two by four over the middle of the head because I'm hard headed. Mm -hmm. And I can remember when I really turned over, it's like, you know, I felt like, you know, I had multiple bottoms in SLAA, but I can remember a pivotal time where, you know, Mr. T was living with me and he was in my house and he was dating someone else and I was in so much anxiety around all that and I had developed a plan that I was going to um, you know sexually engage with him and uh, and I had and, and I started like having this fantasy about engaging with him and I called uh, one of my support group and I said listen I'm having some crazy thoughts And she said, what are you thinking? And I told her what my plan was. And she said, get dressed, because I was undressed. I was already in the middle of this plan. She goes, get dressed, and you get your ass out of there. You walk right by him, and you get out of that that house. You get in your car, you come see me. You get in your car, you go go to, you know, A meeting or something, yes. You you get in your car, and you get out of that house. And you do not come back, go back to that house until this craving or this you know and so that was like the right thing that I needed to hear because she knew I'm like ready to put this plan into place and nothing good would have come out of that it would have been even more horrible stuff and so for me I remember because that was like the depth of like my uh like I was going to be willing to debase myself yeah one more final time and I reached out and I had like a, the voice of God come through my dear friend and speak to me in such a way and she told me I remember this and here's what she goes if you do this you're going to lose your sobriety you're going to lose your job you're going to lose your nice house you're going to lose your nice car you're going to lose all the things that you have worked so hard for for what for that oh guy and it was like it just was like so clear to me I would be willing to sacrifice all that for him. And it's not even really for him. It's for what you think it's going to do for you. That whole 
engagement. Oh right. my God. Right. You think Ugh. it's going to make me feel better? It's M- not. Maybe for three minutes. Yeah. So, yes. So it's. Uh, get into appreciation. And get here, into appreciation. Get out of fear. Get connected with somebody. Get into service. These are the solutions, you know? You can get on Facebook and find sober Facebook groups. And we're thinking about starting like a, a, a group for us. Stay tuned for more information on that. And trying to figure out how to do it and, you know. How to be anonymous and, yeah, and all of that blah. stuff. Uh, but here's one thing that you can do is to reach out to four of your recovery friends. And you start a gratitude list, a daily gratitude list, where you send those five people... And it got to be too much. It could much. be one Five. to three, pe- one to three things. You know, one you don't have to things. go ten, a list of ten. No, yeah, just yeah. one. To, uh, today, I'm grateful for you. You know. Yeah. Right. Keep it simple. And send that, and do that every day as a check in with these special people, and it can help. It, I know it helped me to keep my attitude focused on what I am grateful for. And then reading everybody else's yeah. gratitude list. That's and then you the go like, thing. because then you go like, yeah, I'm grateful for that too. That's you know? right. I've got a job too, you know. Yes. I've got a roof over my head. I'm grateful for air conditioning, really good sheets. <laughs> I remember that Gigi one. Gigi and my pillows. You uh, know? I remember that one guy, he was like, I'm grateful for Burning Man. And I was like, what the hell is oh Burning Man? Oh my God. <laughs> And I was like, I know who that was. And I was Without like, even asking, I know who that was. And I was like, how can you be careful for that? But it's uh, this person. It was a sober. It's a sober experience for a lot of people. Right. They go and there's sober sober meetings, and it's like this, you know, it's a big bac- camp out in the in South Dakota somewhere. It's a bacchanal without the bacchanal. Yeah. So, um, but so, it kept him, you know. Right, and then it, it got me like knowledgeable about like right. this thing, and let him talk world. about it and tell you the benefits of it, and that's what you want to hear. It's like this is what I do to keep, like you know, me sharing with you what I do in the morning. I get up at five a.m. I you know do my meditation. I I use a app, and then I write and I journal, and I you know, and it's it's calming and grounding. What I do when I go to bed at night is I put my phone on airplane mode. (laughs) And I have the luxury that I can sleep in. And especially with my illness, my past illness, it has been key to me getting my sleep. Because if I can get my rest and get my sleep, then I feel like half the battle of the day is won. That I can have strength and I can have resilience emotionally to go on into the day. So that's one of my key things because if I don't get my rest, it just nothing else seems to go well for the day. So those are just a couple of things that Elizabeth and I are offering. We want to encourage you guys to continue. If you want to make a donation, you can send it via Google Pay to SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. And we've had two contributors. Thank you so much, Vanessa. And thank you so much, uh, TK. They've been contributing, and we really do appreciate that because we do have expenses. And uh, we're going to do this Zoom meeting here in a little bit, and we're going to continue to promote that. So if you want to find out more information, just email us, and then we'll we'll, we'll send you the link next time we do this. We'll do it next Friday if if we're still in lockdown and all of that stuff. That's right. So thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. 
So if you want to get in touch with us, please send us an email at SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. Or you can check out our other episodes at www.SoberSistersTalk.com. And we're also on Facebook. We have a Facebook page and there we have them all lined up. You can see them. You can get a little description. You can share it. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Bye.